The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. Also super fucking awesome. <laughs> That's how it's gonna start. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the Hungover House, apparently. The quarantine Born. house, the rough house. I'm Marty. And I'm hungover. And uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, my brain feels like it's swimming in a um, vat of Bacardi and fruit juices. Um, I think it was the sugary fruit juice mixed in with the Bacardi mm-hmm. uh, and the elderflower liquor that really did me in. Um, nice, nice. I feel like shit today. So you, my friend Marty, have a have a tall order. Yes. In a carrying the show and b trying to get me to give a fuck about anything I under the this, Vince McMahon this, banner. This is also uh, an interesting record for me because. <laughs> Uh, although I, I am not hungover, uh, at least in terms of the drinking sense, I am dragging ass a bit today because last night I, I was way too hyped up. And this is where I transition into a plug for the other thing that I do. Um, legit, <laughs> plug away. Uh, yes. Uh, so last night we had a Super Art Fight stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Super Art Fight. Um, and our main event was for the recently uh, – uh, uh, established pixel weight championship which is what what we're gonna have as the championship for our digital shows okay um, i love it love it so for those who have never seen or heard of my uh, other project super art fight is basically pictionary meets pro wrestling uh and the way that each bout is decided typically when it's live shows we do uh live audience poll battle of the band style we have a decibel reader whole nine in the case of the streaming shows we actually just post up a poll on Twitch because you can post polls and, you know, have just like a minute or three minutes or whatever for people to vote. Our main event went to a tie. We subsequently did a secondary vote. More people voted. A tie again. (laughs) We did a two-minute draw-off where they had the same topic and had to draw it. That went to a tie. Wow. Yes, so... So this match must continue. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're figuring out how we're going to uh, handle the championship situation. Um, okay, okay. So, so basically, uh, 
you, you now have the pomp and circumstance of us being able to promote, you know, the, the match where no one could win. Uh, but also, uh, legitimately, uh, I, I kind of vaguely understand how Dana White feels when you have an idea of, oh, okay, we'll have a champion by the end of this. Wait, what do you mean we don't? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you, you missed the ball by not uh, promoting this as the greatest super art fight ever. So <laughs> clearly, clearly. Uh, for the for the rematch or the continuation or however you're going to do it, that's that's the branding right there. And, and you know what? I'm sure just like the match that's going to be on the WWE Network tonight, going to live up to the hype. Uh, good God. Uh, sure. Just a heads up for uh, those who may be watching Backlash tonight. Um, that match was taped last week. Uh, that match in particular, I believe the rest of the show might actually be live. Uh, but Edge versus Orton was taped last week, and early word was it was actually pretty good. <laughs> actually uh, pretty good. Not just yes. pretty good. Actually pretty good. Yes. Uh, and editing will make it better, but we'll see if it actually lives up to the idea of being the greatest wrestling match ever. Spoiler alert, it probably <laughs> won't. Um, did Did Randy Orton take his, uh, his private – oh, wait. He didn't buy a private it, jet, but no. he worked The Undertaker into a shoot. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. His, Fucking Mark's a dummy. Mark, his, the man's name is Mark. Come on. Yeah, it's right, it's right there. It's right there. It's, it's on right the tip. There. Um, so uh, we got backlash tonight. Yeah. Uh, which is a real nothing of a show. Like I looked at that card and it, it is some rough going. Uh, How many Charlotte Flair matches are there? Uh, you know what? That's that's an excellent point. Allow me to bring up said backlash card uh backlash because by the time most people are listening to this it probably would have already happened yes yes undoubtedly uh unless you are a patron and thank you for that um charlotte flair is not on the card <clears throat> dot 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 right now okay seven matches right. announced for this show okay uh apollo cruz defending the u.s title against andrade a triple threat for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship as new Women's Tag Team Champions Bailey and Sasha Banks defend against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and the Iconics of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Iconic. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy goes one-on-one with Sheamus. More on that in a minute. More on that later. <laughs> yes. Uh, Asuka defends the Raw Women's title against Nia Jax. Braun Strowman defends the Universal title in a two-on-one handicap match against The Miz and John Morrison. Clearly, your chest tells me what side you're leaning on for that match. <laughs> uh, and we've got the Impact 2017 special as Drew McIntyre defends the WWE Championship against Bobby Lashley. And then, of course, the greatest wrestling match of all time between Edge and Randall Keith Orton. Wow. What a bill. That's a whole lot of what nothing. A card. A whole lot of nothing, especially that fucking uh, universal title match. Braun Strowman going against Miz and John Morrison. I had forgotten Braun was a champion, which just tells you how well they're handling the title on SmackDown. Which tells you how well they're handling challengers for the title on SmackDown. Yeah, and you know what? I think really looking at that, that makes me, if I'm running the WWE, say the guy running that show needs to run both shows. <laughs> because sure yeah it makes sense because that's what happened this week folks paul Heyman officially demoted focusing on his efforts as an in-ring performer i guess he's gonna 
clean up his 450s and shooting stars. Yeah, I mean, the, the last time he attempted a springboard 450, he didn't really yeah. get that full Did, rotation. Didn't look great, and it, I think it's because he was booking. I think that was the yeah. problem. Yeah, he had his mind on, uh, you know, where to put Charlotte Flair later in the card. He couldn't yeah. go out there and perform yeah. uh, in the right way. So, oh, you know, Paul, Only averaging 4.5 stars on the Grapple app, as opposed to 5 <laughs> as he did in 2019. So, uh, <laughs> so we had to we had to set Paul out to pasture just again a, for like just, the, what fifth time yeah just about two weeks to the to a year when that was announced i can't believe it's been a year uh so basically uh paul Heyman was removed of his duties or at least it was announced he was removed of his duties <laughs> uh on june 11th of mm-hmm. this year and he and eric bischoff were announced as the new heads oh, raw God, smackdown right. yep june 27th 2019 <laughs> And Bischoff left like two weeks later. Yeah, Bischoff was gone. Then Bruce Pritchard got put in the place of Eric Bischoff. And now Bruce Pritchard is the guy instead of Paul Heyman for Raw. Um, There's been a lot of rumor and scuttlebutt about the reasoning why Paul Heyman was removed from Raw. Um, The general understanding and belief is because of the fact that uh, ratings have been dropping under Paul Mm -hmm. Heyman uh, Mm -hmm. versus SmackDown, which has been relatively stable. Um, It's hard to compare the two. It it is. It is. And uh, the thing I will say to the benefit of what Paul Heyman was doing and a reason why the ratings were probably falling as they were, he was taking risks on new talent. Yeah, you have to build stars. That's the one yeah. thing over the past decade yes. <laughs> that we've that's been said about uh, about WWE is they haven't built new stars, and that's not an overnight thing. Yeah, um, it takes uh, time investment. It takes the talent wanting you know wanting to grab that brass ring and and go out there and perform, being able to and. It, the most important aspect of it would be crowd's response. And considering how the past three months we haven't had a crowd, yeah. um, it's hard to gauge response. And I guess yeah. their only metric to do so right now would be the ratings. Yeah. So that's what they uh, focused on and um, that's what they made their decision on. And, and credit where credit is due. You know, Heyman really was trying to push uh, a new talent, uh, you know. Alistair Black, the Street Profits, the Viking Raiders, the Sex Cauldron. Uh, yes, the the Zelina Vega Sex Cauldron, up to and including Austin Theory, who didn't even have a cup of coffee in NXT yeah, before getting match. called up. Um, uh, uh, even your Drew McIntyre uh, push, your Buddy Murphy push, your AOP push, although that ended in. Uh, injury, you know, these were all clear signs that Heyman was trying to get behind a new generation of talent and yeah. and taking risks. Meanwhile, on the SmackDown side, where you have Bruce Pritchard running the show, you have literally the same group of people who have been on top in WWE for the past five plus years. Uh, the New Day, Roman Reigns until he left, uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, Braun Strowman, uh, mm-hmm. The Miz, John Morrison. Uh, you had that Goldberg resurgence for a half second. Um, I honestly cannot point to uh, someone in the mix. Oh, sorry, Daniel Bryan also and AJ Styles with oh, yeah. his addition. I cannot point to a single person in the mix of the SmackDown show where I see where I can sit there and say I see 
an intent to move the game forward. Drew Gulak for a hot minute. That's I guess. true. That's true. But that was Daniel Bryan's doing and not Bruce Pritchard or yeah. Paul Heyman's doing. Yes. Uh, but you know what? When that's the guy who you have uh, a finger to point to, and that's the guy who also took a nice, I don't know, three week vacation because he didn't want to sign a deal. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, that tells me that things are great. I will say there is some additional rumor and scuttlebutt that one of the last nails in the coffin of Paul Heyman uh, has to do with one AJ Styles. As uh, this fucking guy, as AJ Styles uh, did not reportedly get along with Paul Heyman and um, held Paul responsible for the firing of Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And in turn, that's why he wanted to be moved over to SmackDown because he didn't want to work with him anymore. I will say there's a, an additional rumor related to that, which I find goddamn hysterical, which was AJ Styles could not handle continue being made fun of for his political and personal beliefs by the Raw locker room. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm hanging my hat on right there. <laughs> that little, little country bumpkin uh, AJ Styles going spouting off his flat earth theories in the locker room and everybody just fucking pointing and laughing at his dumb bumpkin ass now i would say that oh that's probably just internet hearsay and bullshit but we got to see kind of a real life version of that this week Mm -hmm. because uh cm punk and again cm punk kind of a shithead uh cm kind of Uh, qualifying that <laughs> CM Punk uh, has been uh, very vocally in supportive of the Black Lives uh, Matter movement to the point mm-hmm. where he was even saying things on WWE backstage about it. And uh, appropriately enough, when he was asked about it, he said, you should really be talking to Booker T and Mark Henry who are on this very show about this topic. Um, but uh, Punk was on Twitter and talking about how some people aren't willing to speak up. Someone responded to him. And asked AJ, question mark. (laughs) And Punk said, and I quote, a lot of people snitching on themselves. When people tell you who they are, believe it. Might be unfortunate and disappointing if you're a fan of that person or if it's your grandmother. But fuck them. Goodbye. I yield my time. Fuck you. (laughs) Um, AJ Styles was then asked about that. He did some press in advance of the Intercontinental title match on SmackDown mm-hmm. this week, which I will admit was a good match. And <clears throat> AJ Styles is in a PR interview, and he is asked about how CM Punk is criticizing him for not coming out for Black Lives Matter. If you are AJ Styles, how do you answer that question, Chris? Oh, man. I don't, I don't have any comment on CM Punk's comments. Well, that's it. That's all you have to say. You have no comment. Well, here's what he said. I will not react at all coming from a guy that I don't have any respect for anyway. It doesn't Ooh. really matter. Look, my job as a performer is to perform and get the mind off all the things that have happened throughout the world. I am not going to react to people saying ridiculous and stupid things. Uh so, which AJ, in itself was ridiculous and stupid. So, AJ, you had an opportunity to just go, look, I support the movement. I just haven't been vocal. I don't necessarily believe I need to get into this pissy match with CM Punk in the press. Instead, you just go, hey, we're supposed to get people's minds off things. Yeah. Uh... 
the the only thing it could have done worse is say all lives matter. That really say, uh, all wrestlers matter. <laughs> yeah. So unless yeah. CM Punk or except CM Punk. So basically, I guess the lesson through all of this is uh, sometimes you learn that your heroes aren't worth being heroes. That you can admire their art. But Whose hero is AJ Styles? Fair. I, I'm just saying you're learning. You got to separate the art from the man. Uh, because, hey, I can sit here and say him versus Daniel Bryan was a very good match that for some reason had four commercial breaks in it. But, <laughs> but I think AJ Styles, the man, probably kind of a shithead. On the other side, I just want to take a moment because it feels appropriate to bring it up. Uh, the New Day have all the respect in the world for me. Um, they released a podcast this week, which if you have not checked out, it is kind of a heavy listen. That's um, very but, much a heavy uh, uh, It is them talking about the current state of affairs politically. Uh, it is them talking about things very intimately from their own perspective, from their own life situations. Uh, WWE, in a rare moment where I will tip my hat to what they did, they actually uploaded the full video version of it on their YouTube mm. page. So if you'd like to see Big E, Kofi, and Xavier Woods <laughs> discuss this, these things uh, while seeing their faces... Yeah. Um, it, it just adds additional weight to what is already uh, a weighty discussion. But also on SmackDown this week, uh, during their intro, uh, Xavier, or not Xavier, sorry, Kofi and Big E actually took a knee and yeah. uh, raised their fists. And um, for a company ran by a man who literally was building a football league under the idea that Co- uh, Colin, Copper- Colin Kaepernick has ruined the NFL. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that made air. Uh, I I am honestly uh, really shocked in a good way. Um, I, I think it speaks to the level of political sway that uh, that the New Day have, that they were yeah. able to do that. That's, in, a, that's in, a big part of it. I including think. wearing armbands, uh, yeah. calling out a number of uh, black individuals who were murdered by police officers. Um, I, I, I think it's really cool that that happened. But weirdly enough, on WWE programming, and uh, yeah, just just kind of a surprise. Now, let me double back real quick because kind of bounced through a few different things. I want to talk about this Bruce Pritchard thing real quick. Okay, I know Bruce Bruce Pritchard, especially uh, with his podcast with Conrad, has kind of become a beloved figure of the IWC and that sort of thing. Um, I know we tend to rail a lot on the lack of. Uh, future focus by the WWE. Um, Mm -hmm. Not only me just pointing out the number of zero stars being made by the SmackDown side of things, um, but we are looking at the quote-unquote cool hot brand being watched by uh, an average of people who are 58 years old in NXT. Mm -hmm. We have a 74-year-old man still, you know, at the wheel. I'm not going to sit here and say Paul Heyman was a spring chicken, but he's a guy who is literally sitting there saying, these are the next generation. We need to get the 18 to 49. We need to seem cool. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the guy you want to target that demo range. Right. And, and instead, what we're doing is we are putting a man in place who's literally been in that place for the better part of 20, 30 years. And really what you're doing, you know, Paul, uh, from everything I had heard, Heyman had a um, reputation of, you know, going to bat 
for people and um, basically not being a Bruce Pritchard style yes man. Yeah. So essentially what they've done is it, it's everything is fully Vince, you yes. know, because Bruce will do anything Vince says and in, in the image in which Vince wants with no no pushback or anything like that. And that's where you get. You know, that's how you get to where we are in this stagnant, no new stars situation. Yeah. Um, Paul, you know, I guess the tendency to be, I don't know, hot headed is the word, but uh, strong in his convictions of, uh, of booking um, yes. has shown an ability to create stars, um, not just in ECW, but, you know, in his times in WWE as well. But, um, you know, Vince impatient, I guess. Uh, you know, it, it's like we said, it takes time. They didn't want to, he didn't want to give it the time. So, you know, it, it, it's going to fall into the same situation. You know, you, you, you thought you were over the hump. You were yeah. almost back up to where you needed to be. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody goes Here out go on Memorial again. Day and, <laughs> and then it's the second wave. Yeah. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's, this, this is, this is, this is where we are. And yeah. you know what? I, is there is there a world right now? Hypothetical, crazy hypothetical. It's it's June fourteenth, twenty twenty. Sure. Is there a world right now where there's no WWE in three four years? I don't know if it's that because they certainly have the money to keep burning and and, and keep sure, pushing things forward. Um, and I think they could cut the roster significantly. I mean, uh, around the time of the roster cuts, it was, I believe the number was something like 200 people on staff as performers. Mm-hmm. Um, you could cut that down and what save you even more money uh, because you need realistically what, let's call it, and this is me just eyeballing it, 30 people to run a decent wrestling show. Um, so you could literally cut 90% of of that roster, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I think there's that, I think the, the, the concern and the worry though, would be uh, much like we're seeing with say major league baseball, that you are just going to continue funneling an ever aging crowd. I mean, let's be honest, Chris, we're not spring chickens ourselves. Uh, and we both are significantly younger than the average age of a WWE viewer. I yeah. mean, they, they, they are still building off of probably people who started watching during rock and wrestling. Yeah. It's crazy to me how that style, how, how NXT style of wrestling appeals to that older generation. <laughs> it's still yeah. really bizarre to me. I, I don't even know that it's appealing to an older generation so much there. as, it's there and it's WWE. And it's yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I, I don't follow it anywhere near as closely. And I, I really doubt that there are like NFL fans who are sitting there analyzing ratings like wrestling fans do, because that was, you know, the staple of the Monday night wars. And we're trying right. to just relive that now still 25 Ugh. years later. Um, I, I don't know what, what sort of, audience there is for say the NFL who watches X show or Y show because it's NFL programming. I mean, there's a fuck ton of people who watch things like the draft, which is literally just a bunch of people standing around waiting for someone's name to be called, or they watch, um, 
fuck, I hated the draft. Uh, what what the fuck's the thing called? Where combine the, the combine? Yes, yes. I I don't know how those numbers compare to. Uh, oh, I'm, I can almost guarantee they crush anything pro wrestling. Does. Well, I'm not saying pro wrestling wise. I'm just thinking about fraction of audience that watches the combine versus watches you know the actual game on a Sunday. I'm wondering is is basically 30 to 30 30 35 percent I'd say which then does actually cowtail uh, quite quite nicely into what I was going to say is NXT basically the NFL combine of WWE programming where people are watching it because oh it's the WWE thing that that's very uh very much possible um I fucking had a point and it just lost my mind. Oh, sorry. Um, no, 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 it's not your fault. Oh, um, I think the problem mm-hmm. is if uh, if if the NFL wants to, you know, do something like the WWE, mm-hmm. is that I think um, if you know within a uh, a two minute drill at the end of a at the end of a half, I think a uh, if a quarterback had a court of um urine and then <laughs> threw it in the face of the defensive line uh coming to get him i feel like that would really spike the viewers into a point like who doesn't want to see apple juice yeah. thrown into who doesn't want to see a big jar of piss you know what if batman versus superman taught us anything it was that people love jars of piss <laughs> By the way, someone did point out this is literally the like fifth time WWE has done a I need you to take a piss test angle. Really? When were the others? How many uh, of them were also Jeff Hardy? <laughs> uh, Jeff Hardy was the the one that I saw getting passed around the most was there was uh, when Shawn Michaels was feuding with Vince McMahon for oh, Shawn God. to have the match with Vince. He had to take a piss test during the contract signing. And guess what? He threw the piss in Vince's face. Get out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. More now, of that booking coming at you, folks. That's what's running Raw and SmackDown now. Maybe Sheamus on next week's show. Are they even having a match tonight? They're having a match tonight. They are having a match tonight. Okay. Yes. I'm sure it will continue. Yes. Um, so yes, maybe, we need the table uh, sliders and piss match. <laughs> maybe next week Seamus will uh, do a uh, backstage vignette in a uh, doctor's lab coat um, in front of a, a green screen uh, of a doctor's office and with, Dana Brooke um, will be there inexplicably yes exactly Dana Brooke will be there and he will have Jeff Hardy's testicles in a, in a jar yeah. I think that's, that's the next logical step and then um, he goes out to the ring and throws them at Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy pl- sticks them back into his pants, readjusts, and then goes, all right, fella, let's fight. Let's have fisticuffs. <laughs> I think that's that's so, probably the, uh, the so next. So fucking or, dumb. Or perhaps at the end of next week's SmackDown, um, uh, Jeff Hardy is celebrating uh, his victory over Sheamus uh, at Backlash in the ring. Sheamus appears on the ramp, and uh, a mysterious uh, l- lever uh, comes down from the rafters, <laughs> and Sheamus pulls said lever, lever. So he gets a piss bath, is what uh, you're saying. No, no, no. We, we've escalated. No, oh. We've already done the pee-pee. We're on to poo-poo now. Oh, okay. The big, uh, the big, uh, big, big dump. 
So basically what you're also saying is Jeff Hardy will go into the parking lot and spray Seamus's poopy on his limo or something, right? I think I think that would uh, that would work, and then or maybe perhaps perhaps um, uh, Seamus knocks out Jeff Hardy. Uh-huh. Jeff Hardy's lying motionless in the middle of the ring. Uh-huh. Seamus calls out a couple friends, and uh, it's it's a bukkake scene in the middle of the <laughs> oh, ring. Jesus Jeff Jeff Hardy bukkake. Uh, maybe he calls back the League of Nations for a one night only <laughs> situation. You know uh, what? Based to, on what we Bukaki learned about Alberto Del Rio, that will be one of the least offensive things he's done this year. <laughs> oh man, he would be he'd be first to come right there. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> he'd be first one uh, there and the first one to leave. <laughs> um, That's uh, right up his oh. alley. What other bodily fluids could we do right there? Maybe, uh, maybe Jeff Hardy has been collecting his uh, his toenails and fingernails that he trims into, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. Uh, into a jar, yeah, and, and, he, uh, and he tries and, to get Seamus to go into the spruce moose. Well, he, he <laughs> hop in. Uh, he pours uh, pours Seamus a bowl of uh, a frosted flakes and mixes in his uh, fingernail. Uh, not Lucky Charms. Oh God! Oh Lucky, uh, there it is. <laughs> Come on. Well, no, I was trying to think of a similar consistency <laughs> Fair point. Uh, uh, Fair point. To, to fingernails. <laughs> and I came up with, with Frosted Flakes. You know, if you if you put some fingernails into a bowl of Frosted Flakes, as quickly as I eat cereal, especially yeah. Frosted Flakes because they get soggy so quickly, mm-hmm. I may not notice. <laughs> well, noted for the next Super – I almost said Super Art Fight. That's not the show I'm doing right now. <laughs> no, noted for the next Roughhouse Road Trip. <laughs> there you go. Um uh, so, uh, hair pie. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. So yeah, uh, that that was the build for Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Uh, as uh, Sheamus would not do the match without a piss test. Jeff Hardy uh, produces a literal gallon of piss. That was yeah. That was at least a quart. Literally, like, I mean, that was a lot. I will say, you know, credit where credit was due. I guess there was enough still in that sample because uh, Jeff Hardy tested negative for drugs, as it was revealed later in the show. The part that they didn't explain on the show, though, was he tested positive for massive amounts of liver damage. Because seriously, (laughs) if your piss looks like that, your kidneys and liver are in a rough fucking state. You're dehydrated, buddy. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you can't tell he's jaundiced. Tip. You can't tell he's jaundiced because he has the face paint on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the sleeves. Roughhouse yeah, top tip. If your pee looks like that, see a fucking doctor. I know yeah. going to a doctor is scary right now, but good God. Man, there was a – I have no idea what movie this was. There was a movie where they had to do some kind of pee test. I feel like it was like a, not a college-type movie or something like that. And they – for whatever reason, they faked it, um, and they had like some contraption in their uh, coats where they put like apple juice in there, and then it was two of them, and then they like wait, they smelled it like this isn't my pee, this isn't my pee, and they switched <laughs> it, and they drank it in front of somebody. I, if anybody knows what that movie was, please tell me because I don't know why that popped into my head, but it did. Uh, and, and, and again, that's my... just shoot us on uh, shoot us a line on Twitter at send Ted Cruz. Yeah, just send yeah. the name of the movie if he's a uh, he, you know. He, if he's in between um, liking porn on 9-11. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. What a dingus. So awful. So, hey, you know what? We just shit on the WWE for 30 minutes. You want to talk about good things, Chris? 
Sure, Marty. Well, guess what? By the time <laughs> most of the listeners will have heard this, New Japan Pro Wrestling will be back. It's going to be weird to see it in an empty arena. Well, it's not going to be in an empty arena for long. Um, yeah. Because uh, that it's going to be the first uh, first few shows to kick off the New Japan Cup. Um, mm. So basically starting Monday, June 15th, so tomorrow morning, uh, we are going to have a Together Project special with a mystery card, uh, which means it's probably going to be a whole bunch of multi-man tags. Uh, and then the New Japan Cup will start on June 16th and run through July 11th, um, the June 16th through July 10th uh, shows will all be empty arena shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on July 11th and July 12th, we will have July 11th being the New Japan Cup finals at Osaka Joe Hall, one-third capacity. Okay. And then the winner of the New Japan Cup will go on to face Tatsuya Naito for the IWGP double titles in the main event of Dominion on yeah. July 12th. That's like promoting a SummerSlam with no card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much where they're at right now. I mean, yeah. I, I guess the road through uh, the New Japan Cup will sort of dictate. We'll tell the stories. Yeah, because yeah. people are going to be eliminated in this single elimination tournament. It is a 32-person yeah. tournament. There are some changes from what the original uh, card for the New Japan Cup was supposed to be uh, because some people can't make those shows. Looking at a, a Will Ospreay, who's in England, a Jeff Cobb, who's in the States, a Kenta, who's Juice. in the States, Juice, and so on. But uh, let's take a look at that that bracket and schedule uh, there, Chris. Yeah, there's some uh, some solid matches even in the first round. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm... some of them are, you know, non-factors like Gato versus uh, Okada. It'll be fun, but it's not going to be a, a sporting contest for the ages. No, no. So uh, the first uh, New Japan Cup show is June 16th. And this is all first-round matches. Um, mm-hmm. it, we highly recommend, if you want to check out the full bracket, head to NJPW, uh, what's it, 1972.com. Correct. That's the U.S. site. Uh, so June 16th has Togi Makabe versus uh, Yota Suji, who is one of the Young Islands. Ba- young Lions. Young Islands? Yes, young, he's an island. Young yeah. Lions. Basically, Makabe lions. is just going to murder him. <laughs> uh, Tamahiro Ishii versus El Desperado. Hell yeah. Uh, uh Toru Yano versus Jado, which will just be a ridiculous comedy match. And yeah. Tomaki Hanma versus Hiromu Takahashi. Interesting Gee. because we got Hiromu in with the heavyweights as a junior heavyweight. Well, you got to have some star power here. Yeah, and I, I think it's a given that uh, Hiromu is going to advance there. And the real fun is uh, if he advances uh, enough, we may get a semifinals in that block of Ishii versus Hiromu Takahashi, which is God. a match I need in my life. Hell fucking yes. Let's uh, do this. So cool. So cool. <laughs> June so 17th, excited. <laughs> yes. Uh, June 17th brings us the aforementioned Kazuchiko Okada versus Gato. Uh, the awesome, grumpy, old man battle of Yuji Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki. Yes. Uh, Yuya Umura another young lion against mm-hmm. Yushinobu Kanemaru, again, junior heavyweight in the mix. Uh, recent UK young lion edition, Gabriel Kidd versus Taji Ishimori. Ishimori, yes. another junior in the mix. And uh, I imagine, considering how jacked he was before quarantine, he has to look like a piece of beef jerky at this point. 
<laughs> Wait, does that mean I could get an Ishimori versus Suzuki match? Uh, if things play out that way, it's definitely an option. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say, uh, you know, I actually would say the, the odds are pretty good of, of that or also Okada versus Ishimori. Fuck yeah, I'm down for either I mean, one of Looking those. at that bracket, um, we could be looking at a semifinals, because let's be honest, Gato's not going to win. No. Uh, so uh, Okada versus either Nagata or Suzuki, which will be awesome. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I would assume between, because it's not going to be Young Lions, excuse me, I would assume between Kanemaru and Ishimori, Ishimori would continue on. We yeah. could also see Okada versus Ishimori, which could be fucking dope too. Fuck yes. I'm here for that. Yes. Uh, June 22nd brings us the following opening round matches. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tai Chi. Uh, the internet loves them some Tai Chi. I don't give a shit. I will say seeing Tanahashi, the ace, back with possibly working knees and bicep. Yeah. Has me very excited. Um, I've, uh, his, his, so he's really good at social media. I don't know if you've, uh, yes. followed yes. his Twitter or whatever. I don't know what the fuck it, he, he said, but that's. Pictures he posts tell stories in their own right, and uh, they're entertaining. And was a his photo of him in full gear walking into a Lawson's convenience store <laughs> yes. from his social media? Okay. Yes. That's great social media. I right did there. also see the photo where he compared his physique to that of Rob Liefeld's Captain America, which... Ten out of fucking ten. <laughs> uh, there's a Venn diagram for that joke, and I live comfortably in between yes. it. Yes. Yeah, we're neighbors. <laughs> yes. So, Tanahashi versus Tai Chi. Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., which should be Damn. fucking dope. Uh, Rusuke Taguchi versus Sonata. And in a rematch of a baller match from Best of the Super Juniors, we've got Sho versus Shingo Takagi. There's my dude. Yeah. There's my fucking dude. Yeah. Let's so, go. So we're Give looking. Give me Shingo Okada in the quarter semifinals, and I will be rock hard well, for a month. I uh, yeah that that could definitely happen. I think we're also we also have a high likelihood of a Shingo uh, Sonata match, and yeah. also a high likelihood of Shingo versus either Abushi or Tanahashi. Which, again, very much my shit right there. And if we have our way, or I have my way about it, in the finals we could get Shingo versus Hiromu. Yes, which again... LIJ implodes in 2020. <laughs> yeah, there's a very high likelihood that we could have uh, an all LIJ uh, semis. Yeah. Which is... Here for Fucking crazy. Wait, is Evil in this thing? Yes, Evil is in this thing because June 23rd, the final okay. day of the preliminaries, <laughs> uh, it's Hiroshi Tanzan versus Yoshihashi, which, um, I mean... Fucking Yoshihashi. Yeah. Uh, Yo versus Bushi. Okay. I think we all, right. all know Yo's going to win that one. Hell yeah, Yo. <laughs> Satoshi Kojima versus Evil. As okay. Beefy Boy's going to throw beefy lariats. And Hiroki <laughs> Goto versus Yujiro Takahashi. Oh, yeah. Uh, Goto's a thing. <laughs> and Yujiro's still a thing, too. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, of the brackets, that's the one that I am least hyped for. But I would say we have a good chance in the quarterfinals of uh, Goto versus Evil, which is always really dope. Um, yeah. Basically, the the one block where I'm just kind of like, I don't really give a shit, is the Tenzan Yoshihashi Yo Bushi setup. I, I don't really care about any of those. I like Yo. I, 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 like, I like Yo of the group, but it's like... 
and and I recognize uh, Hiromu was literally bitching in the press about this the other day. A lot of times you just look at it and go, well, it's a junior versus a heavy. We know how it's going to go. Like, yeah. um, even though, uh, I, you know, you have Yo and Bushi where it's probably going to be Yo, whoever wins that is undoubtedly going to lose against Tanzan right. or Yoshihashi. And I hope the fuck it's not Yoshihashi. Yeah, I don't want to see uh, even Bushi. Even Bushi taking a fall to Yoshihashi sucks. <laughs> Little fall guy Bushi there. Christ. But the the long and the short of it is, folks, New Japan Pro Wrestling is back. New Japan uh, is going to be in our lives once more, and it will save us all. <laughs> Please, yeah. I need something right now. But some exciting breaking news overnight. New Japan Pro Wrestling America taped a surprise TV taping featuring Los Angeles Dojo talent. Reportedly, <laughs> nine to ten matches were taped in front of a closed set that had social distancing requirements. The people involved in these tapings for a show called Lions Break Collision included Jeff Cobb, TJP, Rocky Romero, Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, Carl Fredericks, Mysterioso, and former MLW World Champion Tom Lawler. Filthy. Yeah, filthy Tom in the mix. Huh, interesting. Yeah, now, uh, I will say, and I don't know if the two were related, uh, New Japan social media mentioned that in addition to the Together Project show, which was already announced for tomorrow, a special one-hour program is going to air ahead of the Get the Together Project show. I, of course, now wonder, does... Is this where that show pops up? Are we going to see this, you know, Los Angeles taping pop up as like a pre-show fun yeah. thing? Hmm. Could be. All I know is uh, they were able to keep an entire set of TV tapings quiet. Unlike Impact, who actually tapes and air shows and no one actually gives a shit about. Uh, <laughs> All I know is uh, my girl Jordan Grace retained her title over Taya, only yes. to be attacked by Deanna Perrazzo. So yes. uh, that's going to happen, and yeah. I uh, might watch it. Yeah, and uh, also uh, the, the whole settling of the uh, Impact Heavyweight Title Division thing is that Tessa Blanchard's going to defend her title in a five-way, which then made, made some people start to ask out loud, Jesus Christ, is Vince Russo helping out with Impact again? And there might be smoke to that fire. Yeah, they can't be that desperate, can they? They did buy a TV network so they could have something that will actually air, air their own show. Uh-huh, touche. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. good on you, Vince. Yeah, here's to our fellow Realm Network participants. Get that cheddar. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Wednesday Night Wars. <laughs> I just realized we didn't even talk about NXT TakeOver, because NXT TakeOver happened last Sunday. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. If I may... Very quick highlights. Uh, the six-woman tag, fine. Mm -hmm. uh, they seem to act as if Tegan Knox getting a pin on Dakota Kai was the end of their feud, which is a real weak way to end that, but whatever. Uh, also, props to Dakota Kai as she had her hair dyed pink uh, to reference the late Hanukkah Mura. Um, nice. We had uh, Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano, which was fine. 
Nothing, far too long from what I hear. Yeah, far too long. Nothing super exciting. And I still haven't figured out exactly what Johnny Gargano's gear was supposed to be referencing. Um, um uh, Wait, I saw something about it. I, saw, I, I saw a handful of guesses and none of them felt right. I saw some people saying it was supposed to be Emperor Doom from Marvel Secret Wars. I saw some people saying it was supposed to be the Mandalorian. Which yes, that's the one I saw. Uh, which was, made no sense because he was wearing a white leather jacket and he had like a half cape. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck it was supposed to be. Oh, fucking nerd. Uh, we had a surprisingly good match between Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Uh, the when you and I were texting about it, the way I described it to you, and it's how I still feel. It's like when we saw uh, Hangman Page versus the then Punishment Martinez mm-hmm. at uh, the Ring of Honor Best in the World show, um, where you don't really expect much from it, but it surprises you by how actually watchable it was. Yeah. That said. I could still go either way on Damian Priest and um, the whole. I, I mean, he lost, but literally Triple H was on the call, you know the post show call saying, "Well, you know, he got the rub just by being in the ring with Finn Balor." <laughs> well, that like, shows you that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got a bright future in the WWE. Yes, very much so. Uh, Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream had their backlot brawl thing, which okay. sucked. What? Why did Velveteen Dream come out as Negan from The Walking Dead, a character from five fucking years ago? I don't know. <laughs> what? First of all, Velveteen Dream really doesn't hasn't really he's done variations on his own gear, but never mm-hmm. really went full cosplay before. Yeah, this was full cosplay. I don't know why. And it's not even like he had a barbed wire bat. Like if if he if he went full Lucille and had a barbed wire bat. Okay. And there was a monster truck involved? Yes. Uh, Adam Cole drove out in a custom, uh, I almost said Attitude Era, Undisputed Era monster truck. Now, was it truly a monster truck, uh, or was it because Adam Cole's so tiny, was it just a raised Jeep? (laughs) 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 I mean, (laughs) if he was carrying a cross size, he'd be WWE champion right now. (laughs) Just a little guy, so he's just gonna. It was such a nothing match. Like the. It was was a crummy, you know, walk and punch match. And. Yeah. Uh. None of it really made sense. It was clearly shot on like a fake set, and there was a yeah. point where Adam Cole wandered into one of the fake buildings, and, they, and Velveteen Dream didn't even follow him. He just kept yelling at him to come back out. It was really dumb. Uh, Dexter, yeah, uh, Dexter Loomis uh, yeah. apprehended uh, or kidnapped Roddy and um, Bobby Fish, yeah. and has since given Roderick Strong PTSD over it. Yeah, that happened. Uh, Adam Cole uh, went through a car windshield, okay. uh, but hey, Cole won clean in the middle of the ring. So there was a ring. Yes, there was a ring. Okay. Oh, oh, I, I should I should mention uh, a random Uber popped up in the middle of the match that no one seemed to have ordered. That was did, did that was the l- common... mass luchadors pop out of it. No, no, no. no. More, more on that in a minute, Chris. Okay. I, right. I I really can't wait to get into this with you. But uh, that was the comedy spot of the match. There was an Uber no one wanted. Ha ha. Ah, sensible that's chuckle hysterical. Magazine. Sensible chuckle. Uh, sensible chuckle. Sexual mag- chocolate. Yes. Okay. Sensible <laughs> chuckle magazine is going to feature that <laughs> gag on its cover next month. 
<laughs> I'd much rather. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd rather. I, look I, at... I feel like Sexual Chocolate is a magazine, or at least yeah, was it probably, probably is. Um, oh, and then the main event: uh, Io Shirai became mm. the NXT Women's Champion after mm. pinning Rhea Ripley. Yep. So of course Charlotte doesn't get pinned. Yeah. Uh, so... Although Charlotte should have won that match, or at least as a. It's weird how they did it. It, it was it was the Rhea... fucking dumb three way finish from the Cruzador match that we didn't love, but slightly yeah. different from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it sucked yeah. then. It sucked now. Uh, so basically, the the whole way that the um, that the Charlotte Flair integration into NXT went was as follows: Charlotte Flair won the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley demanded to get in her face. And face her at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair accepted. Charlotte Flair won the NXT title. Charlotte Flair almost beat Io Shirai until Rhea Ripley ran out. Charlotte Flair almost beat Rhea Ripley until Io Shirai ran out. Uh, and then in this match, Io Shirai pinned Rhea Ripley while Charlotte was about to win with a figure eight. Yeah, so that really doesn't make her the dominant person you think she is. <laughs> it, not only that, it means Rhea Ripley got buried multiple times. Yeah. And Io Shirai won off of a fluke. Thanks, Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a whole lot of nothing right there. Yeah, um, I, oh, and, and that reminds me, uh, Io in the finish, she did a moonsault onto the in the figure eight Rhea Ripley, and Rhea was like... Kind of in a sit-up position as one is in Ooh, in the figure yeah. eight, and she ate a whole bunch of knee. Yeah, that was that was a bit ugly. Uh, luckily, nothing serious came of it, uh, from what we've heard. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty rough. But um, if Rhea Ripley needs somebody to take care of her, uh, I, I volunteer <laughs> as tribute. Yamo be there. Um, I, I I I'm happy Io Shirai is women's champion. But man, what a garbage few months of booking for NXT women. And unfortunately, the garbage booking continued for NXT on NXT this week. Let's break into that show real quick. <clears throat> Again, let's get the grumpies out before we get really happy about Dynamite. Um, so uh, the show kicked off with Adam Cole coming out, being all celebratory about beating Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. Talked about how he's the most dominant champion in history, mm-hmm. uh, how Dream can no longer challenge him. Um, Cole then brought up Dexter Loomis, Bobby Fish, and Roddy Strong freaked out. Strong started to freak out even more, thinking he saw Dexter Loomis in the crowd, but no one was there. Although we saw Dexter Loomis. Yeah. We are now literally running the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior booking from Monday Nitro in 1998. And what not this essentially what Dexter was doing as Sam Shaw and Impact as well? Yep. Okay. Cool. Backstage on his way to the ring, Keith Lee came upon the Undisputed Era, and mm-hmm. Keith Lee said, hey, I am, I've got my sights set on the NXT Championship, so the North American Champion wants a piece of Adam Cole. I'm which... kind of over the, the two-belt sitch. It <sighs> seems like it's really being overdone right now. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you know, really, there was no better way to set up Keith Lee versus Adam Cole for the NXT title then by having Keith Lee and Mia Yim lose to Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano in the mixed tag match that happened right after. 
Because this is continuing now? Yes. By the way, Keith Lee actually had a bandage on his eye this time due to getting stabbed in the eyes with uh, keys again uh, uh, during TakeOver. He didn't Uh have his eye bandaged on TakeOver after getting his eye stabbed the first time. This time they remembered it. Uh, It was real, real dumb. Okay. Real, real dumb. Um, Cameron Grimes was doing a backstage interview with Mackenzie Mitchell. Got punched in the face by Damian Priest. Was that on the Hulu cut? Or uh, you... yes. Okay. Or did you watch the Hulu cut this week? I did. Okay. I did. Cool. Um, Most of all, it was on. You can't yeah. say I was paying attention the whole time. We... I was reading the Observer. <laughs> we had Io Shirai uh, put over in a vignette talking about her being the new women's champion. Yep. And then we that. had the in-ring debut de of Indus Sure. Did not see that. As a that's the tag team of Malcolm Bivens. Yes, Malcolm Bivens is Indian. SWAT team. <laughs> yes. The okay, uh, the Bangladesh Bashers, Rinku and Sarorov. Yep. Anyway, they squashed you guys. <laughs> okay, it, it was fine. The um, uh, let's, I'm trying to think of another. Uh, let's see the the Mumbai Murderers. Um, I like it. Uh, let's see who else we got. Uh, the um, the Delhi Destroyers. The Orlando based onslaught. <laughs> yeah. Uh, referee Drake, not to be confused with Drake Maverick. Referee Drake backstage talking with uh, William Regal about Cameron Grimes, saying that Grimes has a broken jaw after being punched out by Priest, and in turn, Grimes was unlikely to have his match with Chin- with uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, because uh, his jaw's all broke. But then, which, which you didn't see, uh, Drake Wirtz had um, Regal on an iPad. If you would have switched to another window, it would have been Drake Wirtz uh, scrolling through Chad Lale's Twitter and liking all of his uh, <laughs> terrible racist <laughs> tweets. Um, I see you, Drake. Yeah, yeah, we see you, Drake. Great idea bringing that that whole thing back up a week later. Dumbass. Um. But then they found Cameron Grimes hanging out with the ladies. Yep. Saw that. For whatever fucking reason. So the match was still on. <sighs> yep. So Regal versus Grimes. Or not Regal. Uh, Balor versus Grimes. Uh, it did happen. Before that, two more bits. I don't know that were on the Hulu. Oh, but there okay. was a video profile highlighting Brizongo. Oh, yes. I did see basically that. I actually about- enjoyed that. That was. Yeah. It kind of, you know not broke kayfabe but kind of you know uh dug into their their history there and i i enjoy that but i enjoy anything they get those yes. guys do so no i i thought it was good and it also reestablished like hey at a point both of these guys were important i did enjoy the fact that uh breeze was like this guy's first match is at wrestlemania in front of eighty thousand people competitor redacted and yeah, he yeah, won yeah 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 <laughs> he went against mr black yeah. Hey, I was there and it was amazing. So, um then we had a, another backstage segment as Robert Stone Didn't tried to uh recruit Rhea Ripley into the Robert Stone brand. So, is he going through some kind of a uh, mental breakdown? He's looking yes. all disheveled or something? Yes. So, the is Robert Stone brand balloons to the ring. The Robert well? Stone brand thus far had um uh Chelsea. She yes. She lost repeatedly, then upon actually winning a match, fired him. Yeah. Had Aaliyah, she keeps losing. I don't think oh, I she's know. ever won. He had Aaliyah? Yes. I didn't even know that happened. Okay. Yeah. 
so now he now his <laughs> brand, which has been established as a whole bunch of losers doing fuck all, yeah, tried to get Rhea Ripley, who I admit we just explained as a loser doing fuck all, but uh, instead she uh, punched him in the gut and body slammed him into a trash can. Cool. Finn Balor and uh, Cameron Grimes had a match. Balor went over. Yep. I thought it was fun. Perfectly yep. fine. Perfectly watchable. Uh, Dakota Kai murdered Casey Katzenzaro with the help of that. Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, the part that I found good. most amusing is uh, to save Casey Katzenzaro, Caden Carter ran out. And the commentary okay. team is like, oh, that's her tag partner. They tagged once last month. Okay. Ever. Their cool. entire career, they've tagged one time. Yeah, partners. El Hijo del Fantasma came to the ring for a promo. Interrupted by Drake Maverick. Yeah. Uh, and Maverick wanted to congratulate Fantasma for winning the title. And then Maverick wondered, hey, what would happen if I wasn't worried about losing my job? Maybe the two of us can have a match. And just as Fantasma was agreeing to it, here come the masked men, the Lucha Kidnappers. Yep. They go to attack Phantasma and Maverick, but then Phantasma headbutts Drake Maverick. And the masked men also attack Maverick. The masked men take off their hoods, and it's Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. And then Phantasma. The two people who had been kidnapped by some other luchadors at some point. Yes. And then Phantasma unmasks himself. And reveals himself as Santos Escobar. Which I was thinking to myself, like, man, they're really going to go with this El Hijo del Fantasma, though, this for his whole yes. situation here. Yeah. No, they're not. Uh, and I actually, you know, as much as, you know, the name is, well, I mean, he's the son of the original Fantasma, so it makes sense. Yes. Um, but yes. in terms of, you know. Uh, in the U.S., being a name that people could say and be comfortable mm-hmm. with, uh, Santos Escobar, I think, is a much, I think much, it's a totally uh, fine name. name, and I also think he's a very handsome fellow under that mask. So he is. I, I, I think it's fine. What I have a problem with, though, is, as you just mentioned, it turns out Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza were kidnapped by Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. And the thing that's weird is Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde, after being kidnapped, by themselves were then trying to kidnap Phantasma under the orders of himself. Well, that makes sense. It was all a smokescreen. It was all a, you know, a distraction. Phantasma was was making it seem like he was being attacked to prove that he, you know, to to make everybody think that he wasn't the leader of the group. That makes sense to me. Not so much to you by your face. <laughs> it's literally one of the dumbest angles I've ever seen. Look, I'm not saying it's it's Mensa level uh, booking here. What I'm saying is I blame Road makes... Dog. That's, that's what I'm at with this. Oh, I yeah. want Road Dog's head on my desk by Monday morning. I know that's only a few hours away. It's you know. We can make that happen. Uh, they announced for Wednesday that Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart will get a shot at the Women's Tag Team Championship this coming Wednesday on Raw. Uh, on Raw? Oh, not on Raw, sorry, on NXT. Oh, okay. Uh, they will face the winners of the Backlash match. So probably Bailey and Sasha against uh, Tegan and Shotzi. Hmm, okay. Although I would love to see the Iconics back in an NXT ring. Uh, and that makes two tag team title matches as Brizongo and Imperium 
is also happening this coming Wednesday on NXT. Uh, the main event was Adam Cole versus Dexter Loomis. Um, it was fine. A typical Adam Cole TV match. Yes, but at the end of the match, the lights went out. And here comes Scarlet. As the crowd, for some reason, chanting Fallen Bray, she holds out a large hourglass. And the sand starts pouring out as if to hint that Karrion Cross is coming for Adam Cole's title. I'm surprised they didn't uh, overlay sound effects of uh, a quick ticking clock. Yes, as one it. would expect with a fucking sands through an hourglass. Yes, I know. TikTok, though. TikTok. So, at the top of the show, we established that Keith Lee, who lost against Johnny Gargano, was going to be going after Adam Cole for that. NXT Championship. But wait, what about Dexter Loomis? Nope. Adam Cole versus Karrion Cross. Well, Finn Balor, after his match, said that he was coming after Keith Lee. Uh, so, don't try to make sense of it, Marty. NXT was a show I really enjoyed every week for a very long time. Yeah. It, people had yes, matches, and the winners got title shots, and eventually those winners might win the title, and then the people who beat them along the way... Got shots later on. It was really simple, Chris. Yeah, it was really simple. Now I've got like, and I I know I know someone's gonna say, well, shouldn't everyone in the locker room want the NXT Championship? Yeah, but we don't need all of those hanging chads of storylines going on at the same fucking time. I think what we're gonna find out has happened is that Paul Levesque has been kidnapped um, by is being, by is Santos being... Escobar. No, 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 no. He's being held at a bunker somewhere. And then we cut to the season finale of NXT and we see uh, Triple H, but Mission Impossible style rips off a mask and it's Bruce fucking Pritchard. <laughs> That's what happened. It's a shame we have to talk about Dynamite because that yeah, was a great out. Yeah, no, that was a great out. <laughs> you know what? Dynamite was good. I enjoyed the main event. Bye, everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, fucking Mission Impossible movies making me think everybody's wearing a mask. <laughs> so, Dynamite this week kicked off with a fucking awesome tag match as FTR, the newly rechristened Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, yeah. went, went mano a mano with the team of The Butcher and The Blade. I noticed something during this match. What's that? Cash Wheeler mm -hmm. has got a donk. Yes. He's got yes. A huge ass. He does. <laughs> it's like what, Jesus. What one are you of doing my back one there, of my bud? online friends, uh, <laughs> A, big wrestling fan, B, yeah. openly bisexual, yeah. C, pointed that out like a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was it, it, I don't know why, why it. He, uh, he loves that Dash he, Wilder ass. <laughs> I don't know if he's got new trunks or what that really uh show off that peach, but damn. <laughs> but but this match was fucking dope it was yeah probably right. the best best we've seen out of uh butcher and blade so far yeah just real hard-nosed like it, it felt like a scrap which yeah. as as we've gone through for as much as i am a flippy do guy i do love when matches feel like there's a little bit of tension there yeah I, I really enjoyed it also uh i think ftr is uh definitely uh, a living breathing part of wrestling twitter because um I saw a semi-viral tweet, as viral as one can go through, uh, you know, wrestling Twitter goes, 
of someone posted the old Power and Glory Powerplex and said, why hasn't anyone done this move in a while? And fucking <laughs> FTR does it on Wednesday night. There you go. Yeah, I, I loved seeing that. Um, oh, the, the, the Shatter Machine has a new name. Yes, um, the Goodnight Express. That's it. Man, that's a great name. I, I like that a lot. I like yeah, that top a marks lot. on that. They, that. That probably should have been their tag team name, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that too. But uh, they uh, they just had a great match. Like basically, you could not have had, with the exception of it being in front of a live crowd, you could not have had a better debut for FTR because they looked good. They came off yeah. confident. Then you had um, the Young Bucks come out for a promo, and really, what this established to me is how bad the Young Bucks are at promos. It wasn't great, um, but I feel like it's uh, it was a Healy promo. Yeah, it was really weird. It was really weird, and just like you know, we want to uh, thank you. You know, we want to congratulate you on a great match. Um, thanks for he- the help, but uh, we've been carrying tag team wrestling for the past fifteen years. Yeah, and it's I mean, just like mm, I don't know. It turned into a big. If you're going by the Meltzer metric, yeah, yeah, but you know, in terms of actual. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's the program. It, we're just going through the motions to get to the match. Really, yeah. you know. Um, I but already I, want I, to see the match. I think we're, we've got a few destinations along the way because it did turn into a big schmoz yeah. with uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, who have a fun new team name. More on that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Uh, you know, everybody ran out, and it just became this whole big to do. I, I like the fact that it established that the tag division is just full of people who are going to kick the shit out of each other. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really good. I was surprised the best friends didn't run out during that, considering yeah. they're technically next in line for a tag title shot. Well, I guess since they already have a title shot, they didn't feel like they needed to get involved. True, true. But the champs came out, so I don't know. Yeah. But then we went to the back, as it was Dasha Gonzalez backstage with the natural nightmares of mm. QT Marshall and... Dustin Rhodes, along with Brandy Rhodes and Allie. Uh, basically, this just was to establish the whole Allie QT Marshall thing, which I still don't really get. Uh, and also to talk about the weird fact that the Natural Nightmares have a tag title shot on Dynamite this week. For whatever fucking reason, yeah. I, I don't know. I, look, to have each person in a tag team have a valet and they're not <laughs> even a C-level tag team but yeah. are somehow getting a title, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't justify this. Uh, I'll try and paint a good picture of AEW, but this this did not do it. Yes. But then we were back to the ring for another tag match as it was all the ladies, Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose against Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. This was more to build to what I assume is going to be a fighter fest match between Penelope Ford and Hikaru Shida as Ford got the pin on Shida. Um, Yeah. After a belt attack. Yes. After a belt attack. Thanks so much there, Kip Sabian, for your involvement there. But um, I, I thought it was a good and fun match. Yeah, I I think uh, the highlight of the match was the way uh, Penelope Ford Penelope Ford's under regions uh, were eating her gear. Yes, um, it was a very so, Sammy yes. Guevara situation. <laughs> yeah, but a little more enjoyable to watch, yes. only slightly. We had a video package with Darby Allen. Darby Allen's friends with Tony Hawk. Shocker. Yeah, uh, I chose to believe that this meant that Darby Allen's going to be a hidden character in the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 re-release coming out this fall. That'd be cool. I'm sure he'd love that. I don't really think that's happening, but I'm just going to presume that's what that video package meant. 
Um, yeah. We had a Britt Baker promo video. Definitely the lesser of the recent Britt Baker promo segments. It was just yeah. kind of a reminder that she exists and she's got a thing with Big Swole. Then we had our six-man tag, Orange Cassidy and the best friends of Trent and Tuck Taylor against the inner circle of Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager. Mm. Five, six of that match is awesome. Yeah. Man, Jake Hager just brings everything the fuck down, doesn't he? Yes. Yes. More on that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, I just got to bring it up. <laughs> Trent's tweet. To promote the match is one of my favorite things on Twitter this week. He, uh, because of course everybody in AEW has to like retweet the graphic and, yeah. and talk about their match. He says Wednesday night, watch me slap the shit out of the big guy, and then he beats the fuck out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic. And he it wasn't was fun- wrong. He wasn't yeah. wrong. That's kind of went. It was um, a fun match. Yes, uh, uh, Orange Cassidy got the pin with the Crucifix on Ortiz, and then that brought out Chris Jericho, who was uh, the fourth and most heavily weighted presence on commentary. Um, he came out, and I was reminded, unfortunately, that the name of his bat is Floyd, which feels really wrong now. Um, oh, fuck, I didn't even think that. Yeah, Shit. Yeah, because JR was talking yeah. about how he's beating him down with Floyd, and I'm like, um, Well, Jericho's an all-bats-matter guy, so. It's true. Uh, so they beat the crap out of Orange Cassidy, including a blade job from Orange. Yeah, it was like yeah. coming out of his ear. Yeah. It looked like, it yeah. like some fucking it, it, it subdural hematoma gruesome. happening there. And then he got beat down with a bag of oranges. Which is by far one of the most ridiculous wrestling-related props I've seen, but is perfectly on brand for everything happening. So I loved it. Yeah. Um, the only thing, if I were to have a complaint, yes, uh, is that they were calling, they were saying, you know, blood orange, beat down with blood. Or- they weren't blood oranges. No, they weren't. They were navel oranges. oranges. Spring for the blood oranges. Yeah, coward Tony. Tony. Come Do on, it. call Cisco Foods. They'll <laughs> supply you. Okay. <laughs> Cisco Foods, all foods delivered in a thong. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's good. That was good. That was strong. Uh, well, and, it, and I will echo again the, the, the begging and pleading on the internet. Let Blood Orange Cassidy be Orange Cassidy's Kishin Liger. I, yes, I absolutely. need a rage-filled... Orange Cassidy to show up at Fighter Fest and shoot murder Chris Jericho. Yeah, <laughs> but some of the uh, some of the memes that came out of this was was great. My favorite was the Troy McClure uh, smash the orange <laughs> yes. against his head. Up until yeah. now, this was the only way to get orange freshly squeezed orange juice. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. <laughs> um, uh, Tony Schiavone, for some reason, was uh, then by the guardrail to interview the Gun Club. Ski of own. Yeah, but here comes MJF and he cuts off Bill, <laughs> which which was perfect for me. Uh, yeah. But he cut a promo about how um, he's been undefeated for over a year, yet somehow Jungle Boy got a TNT title shot. He's a great white shark swimming in a pool full of minnows. And then that turned into Billy Gunn getting uh, MJ in, into MJF's face. MVF said he shocked Billy isn't trying to get another of his worthless sons a job, pointing to the other gun son who was just yeah. too down. The only way that could have been better, 
like they cut over to him and he was like doing like the pro wrestling style, like all in rage, like how dare you? Blah, blah, blah. If yeah, they just yeah. cut over to him and he just went, hey, <laughs> <laughs> wait <laughs> a that, second, so it's me. Yeah, that that's why I don't get to book pro wrestling. Um, but this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this this is just to build to on Dynamite next week. The Gun Club against MJF and Wardlow. Oh, it's a tag match. I thought it was a one on one. Oh, oh, you know what? It is a it is a one on one. I'm sorry, um, but I, I a, a tag match actually makes more match. sense because yeah. then you can have you know now you have Billy Gunn who's this or I'm sorry just Billy because it can't be Billy Gunn. Uh, yes. Just this monster of a dude against little MJF. I'm sure Wardlow is going to get involved. Yeah, but you know. Probably going to then turn into a tag match for like Fighter Fest or something. Um, we had a video package talking about Dark Order's attempts to recruit Colt Cabana. And then we had Sammy Gravara against Colt Cabana. Another fun match. Cabana almost wins. Uh, yeah. But Cabana slipped on the ropes during the Chicago Skyline. So Guevara takes him down and gets the pin. Uh, In a beastly, beastly way, he hit his uh... GTH. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, Colt's a big dude. And yeah. Sammy's not. So, you know, props to that kid. It was good stuff. I like that match. Colt's doing really good as a, as a talent enhancement over there. 100% agreed. But we'll see when that changes because uh, we went backstage. It may have been the segment later, but I'm going there anyway. Uh, somebody catches up with Colt backstage. Colt goes into the Dark Order's uh, waiting room because mm-hmm. they came out and offered him – or Brody Lee came out. Brody Lee with Uno and Stu Grayson, worth yeah, mentioning. Yeah, the full, full strength of the Dark Order. Yes. So uh, Avengers-level threat, if you will. Yes. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with – uh, Colt Cabana, but after uh, Cabana got uh, whisked away by the Dark Order, while Sammy Guevara was cutting a promo talking about how he's the best wrestler in AEW, oh, yeah. this was the real miss of the show for me because it really didn't work out great. <clears throat> Matt Hardy came out to cut a promo and said that Sammy's the future and reminds him of a young Matt Hardy and you know he needs to get away from Jericho and Sammy said he can't trust Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy tried to kill him twice. <laughs> <laughs> which is true uh so then matt transformed from current matt to matt fax matt and then damascus and started yelling about deleting and eating him these the matt hardy promos don't work live it's been a, a couple different times now yeah and it's not worked like i like what they've been doing that he can like kind of choose his gimmick uh you know his different character skin if you will in a fighting yeah, game yeah yeah um but i like that pre-tape or off screen or something like that it works a lot better that way it doesn't it it looked hokey as shit when he was doing it live yeah not not great really didn't love it but you know what i did love the video package that followed we had joey janela oh yes drinking his sorrows at a bar talking about how he was a uh, a big star or going to be a big star in pro wrestling they showed Footage of him and Zandig falling off the rooftop. The the clip that went viral and put Joey Janela on the map. And talk about how he was wrestling John Moxley in the main event. He said, "In the last six months, I've lost my way." And he said, "You know, sometimes I think my best days in wrestling are behind me." And as he's down on his luck, looking sad, here comes Sunny Kiss in yes. the greatest jacket ever and a convertible, and told yeah. Sunny Kiss to jump on in. We got a to be continued. If Very you're telling me this means that Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela are the next big thing in the tag division, I am fucking there. 
Hell yes. The only thing that could make it better is if they uh, pulled up a cell phone and called 423-GET-FAME-FAMOUS-B yeah. <laughs> showed up to help them out. That would have been the only thing to make that better. Yes. We got the standard hype train for next week on Dynamite, as discussed. Billy with Austin Gunn going against MJF. We've got Omega and Page against the National Nightmares for the tag titles. A TNT title open challenge. And then because of the fallout from the six-man tag, the best friends are putting up their tag team title shot against the sex gods of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So if the best friends lose, the title shot then belongs to the sex gods. They want revenge for Orange Cassidy. I think it's pretty clear to see that uh, OC is going to be running down and costing Chris Jericho this match. But uh, I, I do like the idea. I wish there was a backstage promo of Trent and Chuck all serious and fired up and demanding a match and being right. told that they can't have it and saying, like, well, we'll fucking put the title shot up then. Like, yeah. that would have been really cool. Bummed that we didn't get that. But what we did get was Alex Marvez in the back with John Moxley and talking about how he's in a bad mood because he hurt. And he said, Taz won't stop running his mouth. So Taz pops up, gets all in John Moxley's face and talking about how he needs to take Cage more seriously. It was just a ruse because here comes out of fucking nowhere a shirtless greased up <laughs> Brian Cage who just murders yeah. John Moxley, power bombs him on the trunk of a fucking car. Poor Chevy Cruz. Yeah, with an AEW license plate, by the way. Yes. Uh, good old. How how you know crazy of a coincidence is it that the rental car place in Jacksonville had, had a vanity plate for AEW? How about that? <laughs> I'm wondering how many damn uh, cars are in the budget for AEW to to have. You know, whether as rentals or to destroy. No, I, I think that was Justin Roberts' car. Oh. Good, good. Oh, yeah. Justin Roberts is back this week. To the yeah, my co-host. Then we had our main event. Cody defending the TNT championship against Private Party's Mark Quinn. Uh, I really loved this match. Uh, we, we talked about how if the, the whole idea behind this is Cody makes stars, it's going to be yeah. a good time. Mark Quinn looked like. Yes, there are elements of his game. He's got to step up, but he's he's a superstar in the making. Period. He looked great. He's got those boobies, though. He does. I he can't does. stop staring at he, him. He needs, as soon as you pointed him out to me, that's all I can stare at. He needs at that Dwayne chest. Johnson surgery. That's what he needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. No, the match the match was really good. Uh, and like you said, he's not a 100% uh, A-list talent yet, but he's got the potential uh, yeah. to get there with some with some more work. Cody, you know, goes out there and does what he does every week. Um, there was some fun, innovative moves in there. That weird uh, corkscrew DDT yeah. thing that uh, Quen pulled out that looked like it yeah. murdered Cody. Um, also, a sick crossroads on uh, Quinn. But the thing that really looked legit as hell was the um, like ankle torque uh, submission hold that Cody won yeah. with. I, I don't think there's a name for that. That was uh, cool, though. It looked cool, and uh, maybe it's like Quinn is double-jointed or something, but it looked like he was just demolishing his leg with it. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed this match a lot. I wish I could say the show ended and everybody felt good, but... Nope, that's what happened. <laughs> nobody... <Yeah. laughs> no, nobody like Jake Hager came out and randomly got a title shot for a pay-per-view. That's totally not what happened. 
Yeah, no, no, no. That would be uh, that would be a bad case there. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want Jake Hager coming in and ruining AEW like he did Lucha on the ground. That would be yeah, no, that's a terrible not, idea. That's not at all what, what happened. Uh, basically, for as good as that match was, the post-match to do was just a mess, including Cody not even really cutting a sensible promo. Just yeah. grabbing the mic and going, hey, Jake, fight or fest? That's what you want? Let's go! Like, What? Yeah, I, it was weird. When the when the match ended with like you know four minutes ago, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, <laughs> what's, yeah. what's going to happen? But I, I was excited for like some sort of angle. I was thinking, oh maybe maybe it'll be a um, uh, death triangle Phoenix. thing. Yeah. You know, so Phoenix can run out like you know a video promo from Pac that like distracts Cody, so then Phoenix can run out and hit the Phoenix cutter or whatever. But no, we're getting fucking hanger at Fighter Fest. <laughs> You know what? He's the real big hurt to the ratings. <laughs> Buy Nugenics. It'll help your dick grow. Glorious. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Rough House SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J. 2, 1, N, lowercase w, capital G, lowercase k, capital P, M, lowercase l, capital D, N, 7, lowercase c, 3, lowercase r, lowercase f, U, V, Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Are you a professional wrestling manager who's looking to take his stable to the next level? Are you a Kim Chi looking for his Kamala? Are you a Bobby the Brain looking for his head shrinkers? Are you a slick looking for his Akeem the African Dream? Parts unknown. I'm Grand Safari Master Rick Dombrowski, and I personally track down each of those gentlemen in Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. You can charter Parts Unknown Safari Company to take you deep into the heart of the blackest jungles, most uninhabitable rainforests, or lava-stricken island wastelands. I'll find you mysterious warriors, primal cavemen, and voodoo shaman who are willing to give wrestling a try. Parts Unknown. Because everyone knows the best warriors live in Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown Safari Company is located at 4598 Walnut Creek Boulevard, directly behind the Westchester Mall, adjacent to the Bed Bath & Beyond. Remember, every Tuesday night is free hot dog night for the kids.